following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. So here's Psalm 24 a, of David, a psalm. The earth is the Lord's and all that is in it, the world and those who live in it. For he has founded it on the seas and established it on the rivers. Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord, and who shall stand in his holy place? Those who have clean hands and pure hearts, who do not lift up their souls to what is false, and do not swear deceitfully. They will receive blessing from the Lord, and vindication from the God of their salvation. Such is the company of those who seek him, who seek the face of God of Jacob. Selah. Lift up your heads, O gates, to be lifted up, O ancient doors, and the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Salah. Hello, artisan friends. This is Ville, your brother from Finland, here to offer you the second reading today from the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verses 1 to 6. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, see, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with with them as their God. They will be his peoples and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. Good morning, friends. Um, Those of you who were with us last week know that Scott tasked us with thinking about stories of uh, people in our own lives, past and present, who... Um, have shown us um, the way of God um, and Christ's love in our lives. And so for the service today, we are going to be sharing those stories. Um, And so I'm going to get the wireless microphone. And um, if you have a a story or a a saint um, to tell us about, um, please just raise your hand. Um. Alicia. 
All right, so I'll do the best I can to explain the picture. There's a staircase, and there are four individuals standing on the staircase. At the top, top of the stairs is Gabriel Stephen, my oldest son, who was adopted at four months old. Next to him is his birth mom, Brandy, and then myself, looking a little chubbier than, than I am now, I hope. And then... Next to me is Grandma Alice, Grandma Alice Alma Kinder, Steve's mom. The two saints are Brandy, who died from glioblastoma about two years ago now, um, and uh, left the earth at age 45. And then Grandma, who at age 92, 95, um, left us. Grandma Alma Kinder opened her arms wide to this four-month-old brown-skinned child like he was the best thing that had ever happened to her. Unlike my own parents who sort of looked at him and, you know, weren't quite sure. And Brandy taught me how to share. Because at age 14, Gabriel said, I want to meet my birth parents. And Steve and I made that happen. And sharing is really hard until you think about Moses. And you think about Solomon ordering, cutting the baby in half um, so that two women could share a child. So I learned a lot from Brandy and the best hug of my life was hugging her two weeks before she passed away. I needed to do that, and uh, she, she's, she'll always be special to me, always. I know that there were some people who were prepared to share. I don't want to call on them, but... <laughs> I wrote this down, so uh, bear with me here. But I want to tell you about uh, St. Sherry of Cortland. I knew her most of my life. Uh, she was raised in a Methodist home, and she converted to Catholicism when she was in her 20s. Uh, her faith was so great, she converted uh, not just her parents, but both of her sisters. Uh, she raised two wonderful children, and when crisis hit her marriage in the 80s, uh, she leaned on Christ's example and found the strength to forgive. As she grew older, her faith deepened. Uh, she attended Mass daily. She did food drives, Bible study was a member of the Women of Grace, sponsored children in far-off countries. Uh, she also had a really sick and twisted sense of humor. Um, she had an infectious laugh. Um, she went to book club all the time. Um, she loved wine and, quote, on many occasions, her, not me, enjoyed every GD cigarette she ever smoked. Uh, <laughs> Sherry always had a kind word or a warm hug. Uh, she listened to listen and not listen to speak. And she defined herself by what she was, not by what she was not. Um, in 2006, uh, Sherry was diagnosed with stage 4 ovarian cancer, but God had other plans. Uh, she lived another decade, which is virtually unheard of if you know anything about ovarian cancer. Um, she saw both of her children marry. She witnessed the birth of both of her grandchildren. And Sherry prayed incessantly. She always, always praised Jesus. She remarked on many occasions that if she were in different circumstances, she might have become a Carmelite nun. 
Uh, and that's why her friends nicknamed her St. Sherry, but my sister and I always just called her mom. Um, I was going to talk about my grandmother, but I, you, you lose so many people in the course of life that touch your life in so many ways. And um, just as we were worshiping today, I was thinking about Don and my friend Joy. Joy um, was Jewish. And joy is why I'm with my husband. Um, and she was bold and brash and healthy, and she died of lung, I'm sorry, of colon cancer this year at 51. Um, but she showed the love of Christ because she didn't care who you were. She loved you like she knew you your whole life. I could bring any friends there. My, her house was my house. Her love was our love. Her kids, her child was like a son to us. And um, she never gave up. She never complained. She never said, this isn't fair even though it's not. Um, she embodied Christ's love to others, and that is what a saint does. Also, I'd like to say to our friends on Zoom, if you have something to share, you can either um, you can unmute yourself and not notify, and our, our Zoom guru will let me know <laughs> to be quiet. Hi, everybody. I'm Kristen. Um, so my Uncle Randy, he would wake up really in the, early in the morning on the weekends, drive to the local donut shop, and get the donuts that were filled with peanut butter cream the entire way through, put out cereal, put out eggs, let us girls sleep in. We were there for the weekend because he only got my cousins on the weekend. Um, so... He wanted to spend as much time, not only with his girls, but the rest of his siblings' children as much as he could. Uh, so he would let us sleep in, and when breakfast was ready, he would come up and he would say, wakey, wakey, it's time for eggs and bakey. And we would all go in and uh, go down and have some breakfast and enjoy time together. Uh, I was lucky enough to have 12 years of my life uh, with my uncle Randy and before he passed away from leukemia um, when I was a, when I was 12. Um, but he just was ki kind and quirky and I feel like I get a lot of who I am from him and I just, uh, he always thought of others before himself, um, made friends with anybody um, that would let him and um, yeah, he was just an all-around great person that I'm glad that, although it was a short time, it was a mean, meaningful time. And I have this little spoon in my kitchen that is a spoon that was his. And anytime I eat cereal, I think of him and how he used to pick on me for having eyes bigger than my stomach. <laughs> and, you know, he just... Uh, appreciated us and we appreciated him so I'm going to talk about a, a living saint um, 
my older sister, Autumn, uh, we grew up in uh, challenging circumstances, um, borderline poverty most of our life. Uh, as we grew to adulthood, um, she married and had four kids. Uh, the marriage did not survive, unfortunately. There were some mental health challenges that got in the way. But, uh, and she found herself again from a place of um, sort of suburban success, Southern California suburban success, to a place of poverty again. Um, and raised four neuroatypical children um, with the biggest heart and the biggest grace and the biggest gift for love I have ever seen out of a human. She's always found a way to make sure those children were taken care of. Has raised uh, two of them to adulthood. Two of them are, you know, a year or so away. And has given them, taught those children the grace to be who they are, to be honest with themselves, to share when they're hurting and get help they need, and to live um, the, the, the life that God has laid for them. So um, I see in her a living saint who just gives and gives and loves and loves and shows us what it's like to um, give the way Christ gave, love the way Christ loved. Hi, everyone. My name is Sean, and I'm going to talk about uh, my grandmother, Evelyn. Um, she was the first woman to, or the first person to tell me about a man named Jesus. Um, and she um, had took me and my brothers to church. My family is not Christian. Um, my parents gave us over to grandma on Sunday so we can have church and go to church, you know, with them. Um, she exemplified uh, Christ's love um, for me. Um, I was one. Of, I am her, one of her oldest grandchildren, and I am the only one um, who is gay. And she did not care. And she um, she was the only person that I could really talk to about Jesus. And and so she had passed away eleven years ago. Um, but I still carry on her legacy with telling people that are willing to listen about this man that I love named Jesus, this God that I serve. And if it wasn't for her, I would probably not be here today. Uh, hello, I'm Cheryl, and uh, this is our adopted guy, Paul. And I wanted to tell you the story of St. Thomasina, who took care of Paul for the first six months of his life. Um, she was this amazing force. I would love if you could know her, because to know her was just to, to kind of be in the presence of, of, of God, of someone who just loved the way that God loved. She... Um, did foster care. Um, she was in her 60s when we met her. She'd already adopted six of her own and was still taking in babies. She took Paul right from the hospital and was taking care of him for us until he came uh, into our home. And when we started doing visits with her um, and getting to know her and just the way that she uh, loved just loved the people that um, were not always loved by others. Uh, we we got to know her, and we were um, we knew that Paul was going to be um, coming into our home, and we were going to get to adopt him. And they had given us the option of being able to change his name. So we didn't know why he was named Paul. Um, we didn't know if maybe his birth mother had given him that name, and we wanted to consider that. So one of our visits, we asked Thomasina um, if that was the case, if his birth mother had named him. And she said, oh, no, no, no. She said, I gave him that name. 
And uh, she said, yeah, I went up to the hospital to get him. And on his little bed, they had baby boy Hargrove. And she's like, oh, no, 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 no. This boy is going to have a name. And they said, nope, that's not our policy. We, we call them baby boy Hargrove. And uh, she said, nope, that is not going to happen. This boy is going to have a name. And uh, so she said, I thought about it, and I thought, oh, I remember reading about a man in the Bible who had, went through a lot of hard things and was really strong and came out so stronger. And she, I looked at this little boy, and I'm like, I think you're a Paul, just like that one. And uh, so she made them put Paul on his, on his crib. And Kirk and I looked at each other with tears streaming down our face, and we're like, well, he's Paul. Uh, we're not going to change that name, but... We think about Thomasina all the time and the gift that she gave us and so many others by the way that she opened up her heart to others. We have a Zoom share next. Um, so this is Jenna D'Angelo. Um, I wanted to tell you about my great uncle Joe of Vukman. Um, he was born April 19th, 1925. Um, and died December 16, 2020. Um, he was probably the strongest person of faith I've ever known. Um, he was a committed Catholic, like since childhood, um, regularly, you know, went to mass every, every week and just was very, very strong in his faith. And one of the things that sticks out to me is at the very end, towards the end of his life with um, vascular dementia, which is a horrible disease, but, you know, he, I asked him one day, like, are you afraid of dying? Like, are you okay? You know, and he said that he wasn't afraid of dying because he believed he would meet God and that they would be friends. And I just thought, like, that was the most beautiful thing I'd ever heard because, you know, it just reminded me of someone who had no doubts about his faith and that God was good. Um, so, yeah. Thank you. I hadn't planned on sharing, but here I am. Um, I'll tell you about St. Terry, um, my mother, um, a living saint, thank God. Um, she came to faith, and for those on Zoom, that's air quotes, um, after I did. Um, but when I look back on my life and her life, she always embodied um, the love of Christ, even if it wasn't in an official capacity with the church's doctrine. Um, she always loved her kids. She always loved her husband, regardless of the circumstances they were in. And my parents had, a, had some pretty tough times in their life. Um, but she always embodied love. She always embodied care for people, um, even people who... Uh, Others would look down on. And one of the greatest things I've noticed over in the recent years about my mother um, is just her willingness to change her beliefs about things. Um, for those who don't know, we have kids who are LGBTQ, and, and when she found out, um, she had a choice. She could have dug her heels in and carried on in her belief about that community um, and what the church had taught her. Or she could be like Christ and embrace them and love them. And she's done that. And um, 
it's the choice she made and it's the types of choices she continues to make and uh, she'll always be a saint to me. We have time for um, one, maybe two more. Morning, everyone. I'm Del, um, part of the leadership team with Angela and some other folks. But uh, I have I have like a million saints that I want to talk about, but there's one that I want to talk about because he's so atypical. Um, when I was in college, uh, I was agnostic, and I met this young man named Boyan Johnsick. Um, he's still alive. He's a pastor, actually. Um, <clears throat> He just blew me away because he was 20 years old. And he would visit, this, so this is the 90s, he would visit people in, so at the time, like, AIDS was still a huge thing. And he, at 20 years old, like, felt like God had called him to visit people who had been abandoned by their families uh, in, like, well, AIDS wards, right? And, like, people were just, like, separated out from the the general population. But essentially, like, people whose families, like, didn't want to have anything to do with them. This is, like, I think 1995. uh, Because they were HIV positive, because they had AIDS. And he just embodied the love of Christ. Like, I was not a Christian, and I was like, why are you doing this? You know, like, and this was, like, my first encounter with God. I mean, I'd had other ones, but this is the one that, like, really stuck out to me. That summer I ended up becoming a Christian, but that was the first time that I really met someone who like embodied what it meant to love people who the whole world had like cast out, and he just felt like called. And I, I bring a boy on because a lot of times we think of like older people who are really you know mature, but he was 20 years old, and um, he was the one that really um, talked about how God was real and lived it and was an example to me, to faith. And to this day, I am thankful for Boyan and his willingness um, to live out the gospel and to show me what it means to, to not just say we love people in word, but to love them in action. So I'm so thankful for Boyan's uh, influence in my life, and he's one of the reasons why I'm here today. Thank you all very much for sharing, and um, those are really amazing stories. As a uh, person who's raised Baptist, my relationship with the idea of saints is a little bit um, uh, tenuous, I suppose, (laughs) is a good word. Um, But I read somewhere, and I wasn't able to find it this week, but I read somewhere that um, saints show us Our, humani- our humanity, and if our humanity is is the image of God in us, then they are the examples that where the image of God is the closest to the real thing. And I, I think that's a great way to think about saints. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.